1230 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from business women on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio hello 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 and here we are in the studio it's jackie groundsell with 1230 twc business beat and i have one guest in the studio with me at the moment who you will talk to and i've also got waiting there on the end of the line another guest as well so they will introduce themselves to you in just a second. So how is everybody? Good, I hope. We've got some lovely sunshine here at the moment, here in Penn. And as you know, this is broadcasting from Love to Beat radio station based here in South East London, Penn. That's L-O-V-E-D-A-B-E-A-T, Beat radio station. We're here, at least I'm here, every week on a Monday, 2 to 4, and if you want to catch up with any of our sessions that you've perhaps missed or want to remind yourselves what actually took part in this um, program, um, we've got the podcast which come out the following week on a Thursday, 8 o'clock at night. So you can always catch up with those at any time. They're on the website all the time. So I have got Jem here in the studio with me. Um, hi, Jem. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Jackie. How are you? <laughs> yeah, no, good, thank you. Um, before we bring Lucy on, and she's waiting very eagerly, I can see her. <laughs> laughing there. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about you? Because I'm sure, although this is the first session yeah. with us, I'm sure it won't be your last. Hope not. Hi. So I'm Jem Bahajub. I'm a marketing strategist and social media consultant based here in South East London in Beckenham. Um, and I love, love, love working with small business owners to help them be more confident, strategic and have more clarity around their digital marketing efforts. Excellent. So do you concentrate on any locality in particular or if they can get to you, that's good enough? Does it work? I have clients from all over the world, so um, I would say 50% of my client base is in the US because I've lived and worked there for 10 years um, and I moved back to London five years ago, so I'd say I have quite a variety of clients. So it's not location specific at all um, and I work with a number of different industries, but I do love, my passion industries are health and wellness, um, arts and entertainment and, and luxury lifestyle brands as well. But, um, diversity of spice of life. And I was going to say that, it's very broad. Yeah, it is very broad, it is very broad. <laughs> and, and what made you, se- I was going to say settled, but I'm sure you're not settled on any of those particular topics, but what made you sort of hone in on those three in particular? I think just personal interests. Um, so arts and entertainment is my background. I started off working in the music industry about 20 years ago um, and worked with a number of independent artists, but also uh, headed up a promotions department at Universal Music um, and then went on to head up a PR agency and we worked for a number of record labels and music festivals. So that's always been sort of my background focus. It's my sort of, my yeah, the, the, where I started, should I say. Mm. And then the health and wellness was something that really evolved probably when I had kids, when I sort of hit my mid-30s. I think health and wellness, when you start to get older anyway, you just become more aware, don't you? 
of your what you're putting in your body and and how you're treating your body on a daily basis and everything becomes and then ignore it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I try not to ignore it but you know there no, are, the, there are those more. weekends where i do yeah i think i think the world in general is much more health conscious than perhaps we were even five years ago yeah absolutely um, and there's so much information out there and i just love working with startups and particularly female entrepreneurs who want to offer accessible um, health services to their audiences. Well, I just went into a panic mode then. If you heard me whispering, I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, Gemma's not on, but actually she is. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> I had to repeat myself. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been known, it's been known, and that's the beauty of having a live show. Um, thank you for expanding that. We're going to let you have a, a two-second break for a moment because I know Lucy is eagerly waiting to um, join us there. So, Lucy, can you hear us okay? I can. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you're a little soft. Let me just see if I can turn you up a bit. Not that you're soft. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm very well, thank you, my love. How are you? Yeah, no, good, thank you very much. It's, uh, um, as as has been over the last couple of weeks, quite chilly in the studio, so Gemini are wrapped up like Eskimos. So it's so yeah. So Lucy, um would you like to introduce yourself and tell our listeners all of well, maybe not all about you, but something about you and your business please. Of course. So I am Luisi Margarita um and I run or own um Neptune Executive Support, which is a virtual executive assistant business um, with, for want of a better term I'm, I'm known as a VA um, and I work with a bit like Jen small to medium businesses mainly um, and I do their kind of back office admin I'm their sort of right hand woman um, doing you know anything from diary management through to new business follow up it you know all that kind of jazz um, you know I love a good spreadsheet <laughs> um, and I just try. I just enjoy organising other people. My husband would probably say I'm, I'm quite bossy with my time to organise other people. Not necessarily. Um, you know, it's always done with love, but sometimes maybe not necessarily needed. Um, <laughs> I think that just comes with the territory. But yeah, that's that's in a nutshell what I do. Um, is to try to get people to make it as virtual as possible. I think it's quite important, Lucy, um, you know, obviously, I know and Jem knows what a VA is, but I'm guessing that maybe not all our listeners do, so if you could just expand on that and, yes, of course. and, and what so you in particular do. Yes, absolutely. Well, a VA is, for want of a better term, a freelance PA slash PA slash um, secretary makes my feet hurt, but that realm of admin assistant support um, but rather than having a PA or an EA sitting outside your office you know using up electricity heating copy machines all that kind of jazz um, I work from home I'm my own boss I charge retainer or potentially by the hour for you know a solopreneur all the way through to one of the founders of a management consultancy firm for diary management, CRM, you know, um, new business relationship building, um, spreadsheets, 
ownership, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, I, 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 my background is PA work, but I have moved away from the employed role and come into a, an area which means that a client can call me up and say, I'm stuck, I'm, I don't know how to look after my diary anymore, please can you help me? I do it for them, they give me that access to all their diaries, all their systems, and I do the PA work, but without being on their payroll, so I, you know, they're not paying me to go on holiday, they're not paying me to spend an hour looking at Facebook at lunchtime, because they don't really need to do. They only, I only charge them for the work I actually deliver, so, you know, I might have a day when I have nothing to do, or I might have a day when I've got five people saying, I need to be X, Y, Z tomorrow, and that's so I only charge for the getting them to collect what I said tomorrow. I don't charge them to stay sitting around waiting for the call. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what a VA does. There's a there's a, um, an argument that VA is quite an, a broad term, and there's lots of different facets within VA. And so I am considered by some. I, I diary ninja has been mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a very special kind of brain that enjoys diary management. I'm not Friday nine till five, or how do your hours work with your clients? I set up so I when I first started, I'll call it NES just because it's quicker to say the full name. But NES is shortened version of my company. When I first started it, which stands I for Vixen Executive Support. Okay, cool. It's quite a long one. You know, I'm used to saying long words. My my last name never reaches the longer the territory. Yeah. But NES was started seven years ago, and when I first started up, my daughter. Well, sorry, our daughter was just starting primary school, so my office hours were set at 9.30 till 3, so that I could then do, you know, put on my second job hat and be a mum. That has kind of stayed with me, so I am available Monday to Friday, but only between 9.30 and 3 is my core hours. Now, if I flex that, it's generally because I've thought, there's no way I can do everything now, I'll just carry on working, but I don't offer myself out for or meetings after three o'clock because I, you know, I want to make sure that I can also hang out with our kid or yeah. do the washing or, you know, go for a walk. Exciting things like that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, all the glamorous stuff. Um, but it works well and I, you know, I work with clients who understand my boundaries. So, at the moment, I don't need to change it. I may change it in the future. I know people that only don't work on a Friday, which I think is great if you can. Mm. Diary management needs you to be quite reactive, so it's quite hard to not be around for a day, but mm, yeah. you know, it's my business, my rules, right? So, oh, yeah. in time, I might change it, but for now, I'm, I'm a 9.30 to 3 gal. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I was interested to know that because, one, it's interesting to know, and for our listeners to know, but also I was talking to uh, one of our members who's also a VA, and she was mm-hmm. saying that one of her clients phoned her up at quarter past 11 at night, um, which is is not commonplace, but mm-hmm. obviously there is a scale of fees. 
to accommodate that. Um, and, and he's aware that, you know, he's quite one of her high um, clients in that sense. So it's not... Jen, Jen do, you, do you have a VA? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. And she's an absolute lifesaver. Um, and so I recommend a VA to any growing business. Because I think mm. one of the things I love about VAs is that, you know, when you're at that tipping point of growth in your business and you're not quite at the point where you want to hire an employee, but you are growing quite rapidly and you need some extra support. And I think that's the beauty of VAs is they can step in and they can help you grow uh, without the commitment of payroll, you know, employees on payroll. And so I just think it's such a, I think it's such a necessity for all businesses. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a really, really good role. Um, I must admit, I don't have a VA as often as I would like, but I do have one. But I do totally appreciate the value of that. And I think maybe, I mean, my background's IT training, as many of you will know, and that's how 1230 started, because I needed, back in the day, um, to make contacts for that IT training business to, to grow. And I have to tell you this, I, my very first client I am seeing again on Thursday. He'd had a little bit of some years gap, but he phoned me up and he said, yes. But what I was going to say was, was I think, had I not gone the IT training route, because also wrapped up in that was the secretarial stroke VA's thing, that I may well have gone the VA route with perhaps some IT thrown in as well, I don't know. I don't know, but it didn't, and here we are with 12.30. So, <laughs> at the moment, um, Lucy, are there any things in particular that your clients are focusing on with what, what their needs are? Well, good question. There's, I, have, I have a variety of clients. Um, one is um, they are a startup makes it feel like they are brand new. They've been in existence for just over a year now. It's a charity um, something else to say, it's River Action UK, they're, they're focusing on trying to clean up the um, UK river system, that's a bleep about, that's a disgusting river. You can bleep um, in a minute, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they, they are um, a year into um, being a, a charity and incredibly successful one at that, so their focus at the moment is expanding their team, uh, getting GDPR compliance in place, you know, making sure that GDPR is set up, it's, it's, it's something, it's a continual um, process, but, you know, making sure that the setup is right. Um, and, yeah, so expanding team, so recruitment's involved in that, plus, obviously, the CEO, you know, it's a, start, it's a new charity, so he's got a lot of networking to get funding in, um, so I'm helping with all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's him. Um, another client of mine, I do private PA work for him, just found out that he's engaged, he's just got engaged, so he's got a wedding coming up at the end of the summer, um, so, you know, I've obviously said if anything I can do, please let me know, um, love a bit of wedding, wedding organising, yeah, let's see, what's um, the, sorry to interrupt, I, I, you should know me well enough now that I am a perpetual interrupter, so apologies in advance, um, what's a private PA, how does that work? So I work, he's, he's a, he's a, very young retiree, um, did very well buying and selling companies and all kinds of stuff, and he just needs someone to organise his life for him. Um, so I organise a flight 
director of the skiing holidays or fishing holidays or I will you know, deal with his um, congestion charge direct debits or I will sort out diary, you know, he, he networks a lot, he's, he's, a, he's a networker, you'd love him Jackie. Um, <laughs> And he, you know, he wants to meet up with people to introduce them to other people. So it's facilitating those meetings um, as a private citizen with a huge black book, basically. Um, he also happens to have set up the charity. So he was my my original client was him as a private PA person doing you know flights and lovely holidays. And he said, oh, I'm going to start up a charity. So then I started helping him with that, and now I'm also working with a charity as a standalone client. He is still involved. Is he still involved? I think so. Yes. Jim. Jim's <laughs> nodding. She understands, so that's okay. I think we um, all need a private. So yeah, so I'm doing lots of stuff <laughs> for him. I also work with a management consultancy firm. I look after one of his founding partners. Um, so that is a real diary heavy right hand woman job. You know, I spend at least half an hour once a week with her, looking at the diary, strategizing about how best to deal with you know end of financial year strategy meetings and sorting out uh, you know management consultancy and whatever um but yeah so, so i you know and it's, that's a constant list of i need to speak to this person tomorrow i need to chase up that client i want to do xyz so every role is different and every demand is completely different depending on who i'm working with um i also work with i know she's a friend of the show annabelle k changes almost weekly. It depends on what number 10 decides to do and those few options that we want to jump through each of that. So yeah, so I work with her on her affiliate side of stuff. So, you know, there's never a dull day. No. <laughs> um, and it's quite hard to predict what's going to happen next, but that's that's why I like it. You know, yeah. PA work is very yeah. samey if you're employed. So if you've got a clutch of wonderful clients who all want to use different things, it means which I am acutely aware I'm very lucky to have. You know, yeah. It's not always like that. So, you know, make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I can't, I think that's one of the things with 1230 is that, yes, there are some constants, but there are things that vary and people, I think where you've got people involved, anything can happen, can't it? It's not too fine like Joe. You've got that variety. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so um, you mentioned GDPR. Is there anything behind the scenes you can tell us is going on at the moment with that? Oh boy, I am certainly not um, qualified to give you too much on it. I just think I think the main the main thing for GDPR, and this is basically echoing our Lord and Saviour Annabelle Kay in terms of GDPR, is that it is a process, and it's important to get it right. You know. Mm. ICO, there are so many people I come in touch with who get in touch, sorry, get in touch with me about how to get set up as a BA. And I'm always happy to chat to them about it because it's such a massive industry and it's growing daily. But everyone is so surprised about what they don't know unless they're told. For example, yeah. the ICO, which is the Information Commissioner's Office, yeah. um, you have, if you process data, you need to sign up for them. Mm. Now, the 
the sort of mystery around data seems to be something that unless you know Annabelle or someone who has been taught what GDPR is, whether it's Manuel or someone else, mm. is that there's a very fine line between knowing and not knowing what data is. And they're like, oh, I don't need to because I don't process data. It's like, well, how did you have my email address? How yeah. do you reply to an email? How do you call your client? Yeah. That is, you have someone else's information, that means you are processing their data. Yeah. Therefore, you need to give it to them last year. It's only, I think it's for a small business, it's £35 of pay direct debit, otherwise it's £40 a year. So it's That's not right. going to break the bank. No. But unless you're told you need to sign up for them, you won't know. Absolutely, and, and I, f- I find that. I find that all the time. Um, I know, certainly, I signed up with the, the Data Protection Act pre-GDPR um, when I had uh, IT results, and I found it all sort of quite complex then because it was very early days for me, so I phoned them up, and they were so helpful um, in explaining everything, so I signed up then, so I've been signed up for a long, long time now. But I did have some years ago one of my members, a coach, a business coach, she posted up, I remember she posted up on Facebook and said, don't believe it that everybody has to sign up for GDPR. I don't. This was her. This was a business coach, right? So <laughs> I, um, I got in touch with Annabelle. I mean, I knew the answer as much as in my lay terms I knew the answer. Um, and she said, just ask her if she has any client details on her telephone. Mm. And of course she would. Anyway, wouldn't she? Um, added, uh, you know, added to the fact that sensitive information and all that, added to all that information. So um, I said this to her and she said, well, yes. But as Annabelle pointed out, people, are, people were, and I guess still are, not filling in that online form correctly. So they get the wrong answer. Exactly. So exactly. It, this is actually a question that Annabelle and I had last week. We were, we were chatting about this. It's not last week, week before. About you know, if you, there is an online thing and you know you hit the wrong button, and they'll say no. And you know, but if you then get an audit by you know, say say God forbid there is a data breach on your machine mm. and some nasty little hacker somewhere suddenly has access to all the banking details that you have saved on your client because you have to pay their council tax or something, you know, Mm. a weird example, but let's just say that happens. Mm. If there is a data breach and that is what happens, you know, if that information has been taken from your laptop because of, you know, bad Wi-Fi or whatever, you are subject to thousands and thousands of pounds versus a 40 quid yearly payment. I mean, it's not going to stop you getting hacked, but it means that there is there are processes, and this is where Annabelle's science comes into it, which I'm not going to try and pretend I'm completely understand. <laughs> but the ICO is set up for a reason. GDPR is set up for a reason. If you are working with anyone, even if it's very transactional and all you do is text each other, if your phone gets hacked and someone takes that phone number and then starts sending them nasty stuff, you are the reason why they've got that phone number. So therefore, there's a problem. And it's, it's really hard to get people to buy into this because it's only been around for a small amount of time by comparison to the, you know, the world of electricity. 
Um, so there's lots of people who've got this habit of thinking, well, it, just, it hasn't affected me, and that's why it won't affect me in the future. Mm. And that is a very dangerous thing. Yeah, no, I, I know. It's, um, I mean, it's it's like all things, isn't it? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the expression belt and braces. Um, somebody said to me the other day, it's a generation thing, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> are you, do you know it, Lucy? Uh, I know it, absolutely. Do you know? Absolutely. I, I don't think I do know it, no. Oh, really? What does it mean? Well, if you think about it, if you've got a pair of trousers and you've got a belt around there, but you want to be extra sure that they're not going to fall down. You put some braces on as well. For extra security. Extra security. It also doesn't cost much to sign up for the ICL. So I don't no, see why people are reluctant. It's forty pounds to protect yourself. It's amazing. Yourself. And actually, the, again, you know, the amount of people that come up to me asking how to get into the VA world. I mean, Jim, I imagine it's probably the same with you and what you do. Is lots of people want to get into it, but they don't know how to start. So my advice for anyone who's got starts up as a VA or anyone, you know, as a freelancer, is that yes, you need a laptop, yes, you need a desk, yes, you need telephone, all that stuff. But you also need insurance and contracts because you need to make sure that you and your clients are covered. Saying, oh, I'll work with you, it's X amount per hour, I'll start next week, it's a three-month project, That's and that bit. If it goes on for six months, you've got nothing to say, I only agreed to three months. And also, if it goes on for three months, but then you get sued because the output didn't work the way that the client wanted it to, you've got nothing to turn back on. So you have to have all this paperwork. It's not exciting, but all these big companies, they've all got contracts, they've all got insurance. What makes you any different just because you're a one-man or one-woman band? I know. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, what people recognise as being in business and not. i got a, a really dear friend of mine who, not now, but she was doing a lot of garden work for people um, and being paid for it. And I said to her something about a business. She said, I've got a business. I said, of course you've got a business. You're out there, you're doing jobs for them, and they're paying you. You've got a business. But she didn't get, she didn't see it um, at all, and, and you know, an intelligent woman. So um, it's not. So what what would you say? Where what's the priority when somebody actually sets up a business? Um, what would you say were priority as far as documentation is concerned and legals that you've sort of covered as you were speaking just now? What comes first? I, I would say. Documentation-wise, I mean, this is again, this is a this is a personal opinion based on experience and the network in which I. Yeah, your your experience, I think, is yeah. very, is is vital for anybody, and I think that's the thing. When you actually, it's all very well saying you need to do this and you need to do that, but where people have got personal experience of it, it has mm -hmm. so much better grounding. I think. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, fundamentals is. Contracts, insurance, ICO registration. Those are, you know, I, I am part of a VA network called APVA. There are others on the market, but I'm part of APVA. In order to be um, accredited as a proper member of IP, APVA, you need to show that you are up to date with your insurance, that you have contracts in place to send to clients and associates if you have a, a team of VAs working underneath you, and that you've got ICO registered. 
was an experience. You know, so insurance, within insurance, you need to make sure that you've got professional indemnity because you are a professional outfit and you need to make sure that should something go wrong, you're covered. Um, I've had experience of when something can go wrong and I was covered. So it's, you know, you, you get insurance hoping that you'll never need to use it. Mm. But it's so much better to be paying a tenner a month, for example, to you know, one of these insurance companies than not paying anything at all. And then the worst going wrong, and either your limited company has to fork out the legal fees, or if you're not a limited company, your house could, you know, it, there are so many nightmare scenarios about what if the worst were to happen that getting insurance just takes that level out, it takes the risk out. So I don't understand why people query it, to be honest. Um, there's also public liability as another part of the insurance, which I think is a fundamental because the example I was given is say you have a postman or postman who trips on the way to my front door with a package relating to my business, falls over, breaks their leg, can't work for six months. I mean it's an ex it's extreme. But they are entitled to sue me because they fell over on my property whilst delivering something for my business. In the same way that if I was in a coffee shop and I was working and I had a table out, someone tripped over it, they could sue me because they tripped over a table because I was working. Mm. Public liability covers that so that you, you're covered if someone were to you know, fall over yeah, whilst you're working. Yeah, good examples there, I think. Um, those, I mean, those are the only two that really sit with me and make sense. I'm sure there are others. Um, Jim, have you got any... Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, there's also cyber, which makes you, helps with, you know, if you're a tra you know, tragic happening or if your laptop blows up, you can, you know, make sure that you're still covered and all that kind of jazz. So there's three, I would say that there are three parts of insurance that you need to make sure that your insurance policy covers. If it doesn't, speak to me about Cyber is the one that always seems to get missed off, so make sure that your people are calling their insurance companies to make sure that cyber is involved but public liability and professional indemnity should both be got as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Well, you heard it out there, Lucy says. So, <laughs> thank you for that. Jen, do you got any experience of where insurance, perhaps, without giving away your secrets, obviously? Yeah, that not necessarily insurance. I mean, I agree with everything that Lucy said, but recently I had a digital health check with a cybersecurity consultant to make sure that all my data and all my clients' data was secure. Because one thing is signing up to ICO and making sure you're GDPR compliant, but the other thing is making sure that no one can attack your assets. Um, and it was just really simple things that I, that I implemented, like a um, third-party password management tool called iPassword, um, two-factor authentication on all your social media platforms, um, antiviral software, even on Mac users, they all need antiviral software. Absolutely. Uh, and so it was really simple things like that, but actually it was a real eye-opener. Uh, and I really recommend that apparently a small business owner gets hacked every five seconds or something. And a lot of small business owners think that it's a big business problem, but it's not. Uh, and if you're like me, your life 
your whole business is on your laptop. So if you didn't have your laptop, where would you be? So that asset, I mean, obviously everything's in the cloud and backed up, but that asset, asset has to be really, really secure. So yeah, passwords, I would say, you've got to think about the security of the, the, of the data that you are holding, as well as being compliant. Interesting, thank you, Jim. It's interesting you should mention about um, stuff being in the cloud. I had a conversation with somebody the other day where um, I said, well, the cloud is just a server. Surely that should be backed up as well. And she said, well, I don't know. But everybody, and, and I would say it does, because a server's a server. And if a server goes down, what happens then? So, um, but actually, interestingly enough, I'd, I'd come back to, it'd be interesting to talk to you a bit more about the, the cyber you know, service that we had. But I was attacked some years ago um, with ransomware. Never in a million years did I think I'd ever have anything like that touch me, because I know about these things, don't I? Ha ha. Um, it happened because I was talking on the phone funnily enough, to another IT person. Um, and that day, my son had a girlfriend at the time who had a daughter, and we'd sent her a birthday card. And as I was talking to this guy on the phone, a little message popped up and said, um, I can't think, I think her name might, might have been, I can't remember now, I think her name might have been Ria. And I'd spelt it R-I-A. And the message that came up thanking us for the card was R-Y-A. So I thought, oh, obviously I've made a mistake. So it, then it said, click here. So I clicked. Boom. Yeah. Big red screen. Um, everything, absolutely everything was encrypted. Um, and had I had an external drive at that time, which I was using, at, uh, attached and plugged in, that also would have been encrypted as well. Um, and I just, I just sort of sat there and thought, what am I going to do? Everything is encrypted. Um, at the time, and s still do, I use uh, a remote backup service called Carbonite. Lucy, you might have heard this before. Um, and that part of their service is that anything that's deleted uh, under three weeks, they can guarantee to get back. And although I'd researched on the internet, I couldn't find anywhere that I could resolve this current issue of my stuff all being encrypted. Even a police department in the States had paid their demand of £300 or $300, um, which was just unbelievable that they should do that. But anyway, I got in touch with Carbonite, and I remember it was the 17th of November. I can't remember the year, but it was the 17th of November. And apparently that particular ransomware had hit the UK that day. Um, but they knew about it from America. Three times they accessed my computer remotely, Carbonite. Gosh. I know. And I got back about 99.9% .9 of my stuff. So I You were lucky then. Yeah. yeah. So I shall always be indebted to them. But w that was... I thought I was aware. I thought I was you yeah. know, cute and knew it all on that. But no. So be warned. Yeah, absolutely. I used a company, very local actually, in South East London, a guy called Brian Oldermess from Riverside Court Consulting. And he's a cyber consultant. Um, he covers GDPR as well. Uh, and he does the 90-minute digital health check, very good value for money, and it will just basically 
So worth the investment. Yeah, I do recommend it. And it's yeah. an eye opener as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, it is because it's what you don't know, you don't know, do you? Yeah, and sometimes you're so busy mm. dealing with your clients that you can just you're not you don't mean to mislay information or not secure something. It's just mm. that you're busy. Mm. It just happens, and, and you realise, oh, actually, I should have kept that password somewhere safe, or I shouldn't have, you know, I should have saved that document over here rather than leaving it on my desktop and just small things like that yeah yeah no absolutely lucy have you had any experiences like that or have you been much more wise than i (laughs) um i have i it was it was a personal one and it it, just listening to you talking has actually made my hands sweat just the 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 memory of it I um I had a phone call. They're really clever these guys, and this yeah. is why I have actually, you know, I, I remember last time we spoke on the show, Jackie. I think I was talking about the power of saying no, and this is why I very firmly, if I'm thinking of a new client, and they say, oh, okay, um, finance, can you do that? No, absolutely, capital M, capital O. Um, I got a phone call one evening a while ago. Um, from Lloyd's saying that something had happened and we need to sort out your thing. Now, I had had a busy day. I had had a busy evening. I wasn't feeling particularly together. My brain wasn't quite on it. Um, All the excuses, etc, etc. And thankfully, what they were trying to do couldn't be done before my husband, (laughs) darling, Yeah. Trying to move all my money out of my account. I mm. was just, I, I mean, it was brain fart moment. Yeah. I am so careful about any emails or any text messages coming from such information. You know, I always copy and paste it and I don't click on anything. But I just had one of those moments. And mm. to me, it sounded like it was a legit thing. Went through what they were asking me to do. Mm. Suddenly, it wasn't right anymore. And I mean, again, my hands are absolutely pouring. Mm. Um, called the bank, <laughs> and I'm sorry if this isn't necessarily appropriate for your audience, but I spoke to this wonderful woman, and she said, now, I don't mean to be rude, but how old are you? So I told her, she said, um, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you might want to go to your doctor, have you heard about perimenopause? <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky madam! Yeah, that's bad customer service. You know what? It, she was right. I went to the doctors, it was all sorted out, and because of me saying, my brain isn't, I don't know why my brain wasn't working, but that's what happened. They normally wouldn't re- I think I, they, the fitter guy had taken something like 75 quid. They repaid it. They were like, this was not you. This was your brain not working. So now, I'm just not touching anything to do with finance because these people prey on... Menopausal women. You know, I mean, I was just... That's really she did you a favour in the end, as offensive as she was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she said, Don't worry, I'm I'm past your age. I feel like I'm allowed to ask it. And I think I was so relieved that she was absolutely yeah. not. Right How interesting though. How interesting she should do that because you know, as I said, we're cheeky madam, etc. But actually, as Gemma's just highlighted, she did you a favour and it was 
it was, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When we get bogged down with stuff. And um, listeners will know that I've actually got a menopausal gang called Hot Stuff who who come online. I didn't know that. That's brilliant. (laughs) They come online about every six to seven weeks, I think it is, um, and just sort of share experiences. And um, the, the menopause is their specialist area, but they've got very, very different approaches to all of them. There's actually three, um, and there's also a, a comedian called Pam Ford who's over in Australia at the moment, um, visiting her mum and dad, and also she's doing a big festival thing. But um, she's English uh, and lived in Australia a long time, and I've known her a long while. And when I was telling her about my menopause again, because she was pouring with perspiration one day, um, and she said, oh, darling, she said, I've got the most brilliant sketch about the menopause my accent's not very good of course um, so I asked the other girls I said to them what do you think about bringing her in and they said yeah let's let's do that because sometimes these topics can get a little heavy can't they and a bit emotional because menopause is a lot of it's about emotion and stuff as well as the physical attributes of it, of it all but um, yeah I, I, Amazon was one that um, I got pestered with a lot um, somebody's trying to take £36,000 out of your Amazon account. Really? If I've got 36p in there, that'd be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, it took me... I can't lay claim to the menopause because obviously I'm way past that. Uh, let me tell you girls, even when you get to my mature age, you do get hot flushes down again. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, no, Amazon pestered me a lot and it, it, it took me a few seconds to Twig, put the phone down, as your husband said to you, Lucy. Um, you know, it's um, yeah, they're they're a nasty. What's so frustrating is that these people are so damn clever, and what a pity they don't apply themselves in more beneficial ways. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, we do love. You know, you get you get them. I I probably get. I probably find daily that goes straight into. Lucy, I'm going to chop you off there because I'm conscious that in a couple of minutes our um, delicious adverts are going to come in. Um, but thank you so much. Would you like to very quickly t- let people know? Thank you so much to, to come on the show again. Tell us very quickly how people can find you. So um, I, you can find me, best place to find me is on Facebook, um, Mixon Executive Support. Look it up, any, N-I-X-O-N Executive Support. I'm on Facebook, and then you can, yeah, that's, that's the best place to find me. Um, yeah. 
Thank you Super. so much for having me. Thank you, Lucy. Invaluable information as well as a pleasure as always to talk to oh. you. Oh, <laughs> you too. Lovely to meet you too, Jim. Lovely to meet you. You, you take care. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello and welcome back to the studio. I hope you've had time to go off and get the kettle going or go to the loo or whatever it is you were doing. Um, and we are back in the studio now. Lucy has gone. What an interesting lady to have talking with us and all the information that she was able to share. If you missed any of it um, about the various legalities or just really generally what a VA does um, and her in particular, you can find the podcast next week after 8pm Thursday. You'll find it on the website. In the main navigation, you'll see it says podcast. And you'll be able to find that information there. So, Jem is still with me. Are you still with us, Jem? I am indeed. <laughs> Here and present. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit more about your life in America. Oh, gosh. So, 16 years ago, so that was 2008, um, I was working for, I was, I was the director of a PR agency, PR marketing agency in Soho. And I was leading, uh, uh, well, I was, to be honest, very burnt out, leading a very busy life, working all hours and out every night. It was just pre-kids. And my husband got the opportunity to work abroad in Washington, D.C. And I thought, you know what? I never really thought about living in America, but actually I really fancy a change and I've really had enough of the life that we've got here. Let's. And first, first of all, he said, we're just going to go for two years. Might only be one. I thought, you know what? let's just do it let's just take the risk and go and so we went and uh, so I gave my very busy job up in central London and uh, arrived in Washington DC in the summer of 2008 and I had no job I didn't know anybody no family no friends well that was a big step it was a big step yeah and I I, I must say it's probably the most difficult thing I've ever done and it suddenly realized just how important or integral my job was to my identity and I guess sense of self-worth I mean I think it is to everybody's but to varying degrees I think some people can you know they do a nine-to-five and and they do it to pay the bills but actually they just want to go home whereas I've always you know loved what I do and it's always been something you know I want to bounce out of bed in the morning and look forward to my work day I don't want to be clock watching counting the hours until I come home and, and, and start my real life so um, I know when I was in DC, I, I realised that there was a, a gap in the market. And DC is a very vibrant city, obviously the capital of the US. Uh, it ha- has a lot of lawyers, obviously, because it's uh, you know where, where the president lives and it's sort of yeah where it all happens. But it also has a very vibrant arts and entertainment scene, but no infrastructure to uh, support that. So I had worked up until that point very specifically in the arts and entertainment industry. So I thought, you know what, why don't I just start freelancing and see if I can gather, you know, pick up a few clients. And I started to make friends with a lot of musicians in the area. And um, so I took on, I think, two or three clients. There were local musicians and bands who wanted a PR or marketing campaign. And I, I took it on pro bono to build up a name because no one knew who I was um, and just started from there really and just built up a, a reputation, a good reputation for myself, 
uh, a great community of colleagues. What I loved about living and working in the in the US was the there's a very very strong entrepreneurial spirit there, and there's a very strong can-do attitude. Everybody wants to help you. So um, yeah, obviously I think the us Brits are a little bit more reserved, <laughs> and you have to kind of like earn someone's trust before they want to help you. But actually in the US it's the other way around. People go out of their way to help you. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Did did being English work against you or for you? Well, it worked for nothing? me in the sense that it made me memorable. So I became the the Brit with the curly hair. That's and then people would be like, "Oh yeah, Jen." And uh, so it it does give you that element of of memorability, which I think is really important when you're in business is mm. is to be memorable. Mm. So it did help, and um, <laughs> the the Americans think the British are very very intelligent. Which of course I said, of course we are. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I concur. I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure we've all met, you know, some uh, not so intelligent British people and uh, <laughs> some really intelligent American people, you know. It's, but anyway, it worked in my favour, so why not? Um, so yes, yeah, so I just built up a reputation there, and then five years into, well, we didn't end up staying for two years. We ended up staying in DC for five years, and my husband got um, was got another job in Chicago. So we moved again, and I had uh, gave birth to my first child in Washington, D.C. Uh, so I have two American babies and my second child in Chicago. Um, and moved to Chicago, and again, found myself in a very similar situation. Didn't know anybody, didn't have any family or friends. I thought, oh gosh, here we go again. But you'd been think, there, done yeah, that. Yeah, I'd been the there and done that, and I, my confidence had built up a lot <coughs> more. And I thought, you know what, I just need to, I just need to meet one person, that's it. When you go out to a networking event, and you probably know this, Jackie, your networking queen, but when you go to an event, it's just, you just have to have one quality conversation. That's yeah. it. There's no, you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to work the room and you know come home with hundreds of business cards because actually that's not how you make yourself memorable. You make yourself memorable by having that one connection. So I just focused on the sort of that the one connection philosophy of I just need to meet one person. Um, and when I moved to Chicago, I was 25 weeks pregnant with a two-year-old. So uh, I, I shortly, I think, gave birth sort of, yeah, four weeks after moving there. Oh, and so my community there was very different from Washington, D.C. It was a community of mums. Um, mm. And what I discovered is Chicago has the highest concentration of female entrepreneurs in the whole of America. So I started mm. to um, get very interested in the businesses that serve the parenting industry. So I moved away from arts and entertainment, quite frankly. I didn't go to Geeks at 12 o'clock at night anymore. And that's what I was being invited to Geeks at 12. I was like, it's not actually not really for me anymore. <laughs> and, and yeah, and so I started to get really inspired and I started to socialize with and network with other uh, mums in business. And I actually joined a Facebook group in Chicago called Mums in Business and they had monthly networking groups. So um, I'd go to the networking groups every month and then I would just basically make sure that I was commenting and engaging with people in the group in between that face-to-face FaceTime. Mm. And slowly through that one Facebook group, I met so many people and built my business again. Um, yeah. And by the end of my time in the US, I had a very established business, I had a business partner, I had a network of professionals who worked with me and I'd worked with quite a diversity of different um, businesses and industries, uh, name, uh, very much so in the health and wellness and, and parenting industries as well. Mm. Um, but 
uh, it was very interesting. When we first arrived to America, we arrived for the inauguration of um, Obama. It was a really historic occasion, and being in mm. D.C. for that time was phenomenal. Mm. Um, but when we left, it was very different because Trump had got into power. It was 2017. It was 2016 that he was voted in. 2016 was a decision where I thought, you know what, I, I, I actually don't want to be here anymore. Mm. I, I love the people, I love the entrepreneurial spirit, but I don't want to bring my kids up here. Mm. And there was a shooting outside my daughter's nursery. Mm. Um, yeah. And we lived in a really, really good neighbourhood, but mm. the, the gun violence was becoming a real problem in Chicago, and it was becoming, uh, they were calling it the, you know, the murder capital of America. Right. Uh, so I just said one night to my husband, I said, we can't, can't stay here. I can't have my, um, and my son was going to school and he was doing um, drills for active shooters. So he was, hi he was being taught how to hide under his desk. Yeah. It was, it was insane and it, it, it felt very alien to me. Yeah. So those two experiences, my son having to do these drills and then, my, mm. and then a shoot, there being a shooting outside my daughter's nursery. And I came home one night and I was in tears and I said, I love the people, love my work, but I need to bring my kids up in Britain. And he said, okay, let's move back. So we moved back five years ago. Um, and again, I found myself in a similar situation, as in the sense that I was restarting my career again here, mm. but obviously had family and a network here already. Mm. Um, so no, I've been back here five years and I took some of my US clients with me and pre-pandemic was traveling to the US all the time for business. Um, and so, yeah, here I am, really. And it's been, it's, been a, yeah, it's been a journey. But I think it's been one of the reasons why I love helping startup companies and solo entrepreneurs is because I've been there. Yeah. I've been yeah. there so many times. I yeah. know that kind of fear and the confidence you need and that sort of, yeah, just the feelings and emotions around it. Wow. As you say, what a journey. I mean, it's just, now, if you take away the safety side of things and obviously stuff happens over here as well Absolutely. sadly um what what would you say is when people start up businesses i mean you've described your the way that you've worked and the way things have worked for you when you were in america but is it any different are the fears and the challenges the same starting up in a different country to what they are over here in the UK for people? Um, no, the, the fears are the same. It's all about confidence and where do I begin and how do I do it. But I think in the US, people are brought up on this sort of you know, notion of the American dream and you can do whatever you want and you can achieve whatever you want and you just have to work hard. And people are built, brought up with a lot of confidence. And I do think that there is a slight cultural difference mm. between American entrepreneurial culture and British entrepreneurial culture in that sense is that they have this, they, the Americans come from this foundation of, of course I can do it. And yeah. we often come from a foundation of, oh, I'm not quite sure. You know, uh, you know we, uh, we have that reservation mm. and that hesitation. Mm. Um, but typically, the barriers are the same wherever you are. Uh, especially for startups, it's you know how how do I do it and and for female entrepreneurs in particular, confidence is a really big issue. It's a barrier to entry. And is that the same in America? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a universal. I think barrier for, what I've for read, all yes. of us. Yeah, it's the mindset that 
that we just, you know, it's easier to think you can't do something than to say to ourselves you can do it and then go ahead and do it. Mm, mm. Just a sort of slighter note on that is that what I've found over the years is that I can work really hard at something. I really, 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 really work hard on it and it doesn't go anywhere. And yet, sometimes you just, as you mentioned earlier, that one connection can make a world of difference. This radio station, for example, I was at uh, a website launch and Edmund Christian, who's the owner of the radio station, came and sat next, next to me and we were chatting. Um, and he said, oh, I said, um, would you like to come and have a chat with me at the studio? Because I think would you be interested in having a show? And I said, and I can remember, you know, over the years, I've tried uh, that route and everything. And that one conversation just made all the difference. And Absolutely. here we are. So Ed's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. And, um, and, and networking. Yeah. I mean, you know. And that's that quality over quantity on everything mm. that you do with your marketing. Mm. It's, uh, you know, the power. I always think about the power of one. Yeah. Because that's, you have one good conversation with one person. Yeah. It's going to give back to you much more than lots of conversations. Lots of shallow conversations with lots of people. No, absolutely. But it, but again, not to dismiss anybody because you really never know where those conversations are going to go, do you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, totally so what what? Um, thank you for sharing that with us. That's really exciting. I didn't know a lot of that. Oh, did you not? No, I, I, I mean, assumed that you did know my, my my business story. Well, I knew. I, I obviously knew you'd been in America. I knew you'd sort of raised your little children at that stage uh, with your husband and work and everything else. But I didn't know. I was going to say the obvious things, but it's not obvious. I didn't know the things that you've dealt with in terms of getting yourself going with a business. So, you know, that, that's been really interesting. I'm sure listeners have found it interesting as well. So what's, what's on the cards for you? Where's your business going at the moment here? Um, how are you managing it? I mean, obviously, I must talk to you about my global speed network. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I'd like to hear about that. Yes, yes. Um, so, so what's on the cards for you at the moment? That's a very good question. <laughs> I'm sure there's um, lots. I'm yes, sure there's I don't lots. know where to start with that, really. Okay. Um, well, well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm incredibly busy at the moment. Mm. Um, one of the services that I offer that I absolutely love and really does apply to anybody at any stage in their business journey is my one-to-one marketing consultations. Uh, and that is something that, because it's because it's only an hour of my time, I, I, I never really have a, you know, sort of a, it never hits a, a full capacity. I always can fit people in when they want to. And it's very, very popular. And what's great about that is that they're very bespoke. So you could be at the start of your business journey. You could be at the end. You could be in the middle. You could have a big team. It could just be you. You could just, you know, it could be a startup or a scale up. But you... The, the common themes are you need a fresh pair of eyes in your business, you need an element of accountability, um, and you need some strategic and tactical guidance, and that's what I offer. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a really easy um, point of entry for a lot of business owners to be able to get me to look at their business without having to invest in an, another member of their team or a big retainer. Uh, fee or anything like that and, s- and from my point of view from a personal side I absolutely love it because what happens is I end up speaking to and helping such a diversity of different business owners both locally nationally and internationally and 
the diversity of it just keeps me on my toes, keeps me mm. interested. And it mm. means that, you know, I always learn a little bit on along the way as well that I can share with the other clients that I speak to. So it's that transfer of like skills and knowledge that can bounce between all these different industries and all these different business owners. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of that conduit there and it's really, it's really fun. It's, I was going to say, it's really exciting. I mean, I, obviously not on the scale that you are, but it just purely in my business, it's very exciting to be able to share the things that you learn along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and <clears throat> as you say, also the fact that you're still working with America and you can cross-refer things that work in that way. So it's not, um, excuse me a minute, I've got a frog. Frog in your throat. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's, that, that's really awesome. And it's just occurred to me that you haven't shared with us how people actually get in touch with you, Jane. Yes, so social media, of course. Um, I would say my main social media platforms for my business are Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find me at Jem Ahajub. And um, shall I spell my surname just in case? Yes, please. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. of a mouthful. And if you could say it again, Jim blah, 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 blah. That's what people call it. It's B for boy, if you Google Jem Bahajib, there's not many people with that name, so I will come up. So connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn, um, or go to my website, uh, which also has the name of socialneversleeps.com, because that's mm. easier to remember. Mm. Um, so yes, that's absolutely the best place to connect with me. Excellent. Oh no, that's really good. Um, so you're coming to some 1230 stuff as well, aren't yeah, you? You're yeah. doing, um, on the 8th of March, I'm working with Sam. Delokia, uh, and I struggle there as well. So apologies, Sam, if you're listening. Um, and you're going to be sharing your expertise about LinkedIn on that with some some real hot tips there. Yes, um, I'm really looking forward to that. That should be fun. Yeah, and also at uh, one of our meetings as well, you're going to be with the Texan Cup Group to be sharing some more as well. Yes. So I'm going to give you a little rest in a minute with playing your choice of music. Okay, I'll just slid some of my music around, you know, as as I do as a, G, a DJ, DJ Jackie. <laughs> I love this new, this this hat you're wearing at the moment. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. A woman of many talents. I know. And funnily enough, I I have got a a Pinterest board, which is hats. I must admit, I haven't done anything with it as of late. But um, somebody else said that to me, you're a woman of, of many hats. So, you know, I've got a pin board with hats. But I don't know that people, do people so much do boards now with Pinterest? Pinterest is still massive. That's I know. Yeah, but I call it the Google, the Google of images. 1230 TWC, Business Beat Radio. Mondays, 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from businesswomen on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio hello and welcome back to the studio just saying to Jem, what we talk about next um and apparently she's got this wonderful newsletter tell us a bit, tell us a bit about that please. yeah it's called tiny tip tuesdays and it's my weekly marketing newsletter that goes out surprisingly on Tuesday uh, <laughs> and it's very I call it snackable content because it's short easy to digest 
little tips that you can nibble on um, and little insights. So nothing too deep or too heavy, but just something that people can read very quickly and be like, oh, yeah, actually I can do that. Or actually, yes, that's really helpful. So um, people can sign up for that on my website or on my Instagram page. I like the smack of an idea. Yes. That really makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But, uh, yeah, so if they go to your Instagram um, and that is... They click the link in bio in my Instagram page, they'll see a sign up to the newsletter there. Excellent. Well, that sounds like something I need to do, actually, Jen. So watch out for this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you, we've got uh, 12.30 and Sam Delockia is um, SPD tuition and coaching. We've got a brilliant, even though I say it myself, absolutely brilliant event coming up on the 8th of March which is strategically timed 9.30 to 2.30 so it fits in with the mums so it's for women who are already in business or are thinking about it and maybe along the way they may be mums too because a lot of people are um, and Jem will be there sharing her hot tips with us now Jem I'm going to put you on the spot can you share one hot tip with us now that you perhaps are not going to share anywhere else for at least two weeks on LinkedIn? Anything. Um, I'll share a tip about LinkedIn actually. Okay. And this is something that I did in a workshop recently. So when you're thinking about your LinkedIn content and your LinkedIn strategy, think that the demographics of your audience is what defines your search criteria on LinkedIn. It's how you find and search for people. And the psychographics of your audience, which is the emotions, and the challenges and pain point is what defines your content. And actually that principle can be applied pretty much across all social platforms. Mm. But I just like to define that because people think, oh yes, of course. That's my little tip. Wow. And do you have a favourite platform, social media platform? So it's evolved over the years. Um, it was Twitter and I sort of fell out of love with Twitter a little bit. Then it was Instagram and now it's LinkedIn. So mm. I'd say Instagram and LinkedIn are my Two top favourite platforms mm. Yeah. Mm. for very different reasons. And I think LinkedIn has been the underdog of social media for many years, but has really come into its own uh, in the last two years, to, to, yeah, year to two years. And uh, the power it has to connect with exactly who you want to connect with and to really nurture and attract your ideal client is, is amazing. Yeah, so we'll come back to that in a second, but just to. Uh, um a reminder that we're here Mondays, every Monday, except if it's Christmas Day, of course, um, two to four. And following on from me today is the amazing Aussie Osman, who will be sharing with you his brilliant two, I was going to say two hours, sometimes he's three hours with his indie rock. So listen out for that. That's Aussie Osman at four o'clock. So stay tuned after we finish while you're doing your ironing or while you're doing your washing up or whatever it is you're doing, um, maybe picking the children up from school in the car, whatever. You can listen to us all the time, trust me, we work here all the time. So what, um, completely lost my train of thought now. Oh yes, I know, I need to tell you a bit more about the 8th of March, don't yes. I? <laughs> so Jen will be there sharing her expertise on LinkedIn some fantastic hot tips there. Helen Manfit will be there sharing a, a 
uh, hot tips on Instagram. And Severina Todorova. Do you like the way I said that? Yeah, I thought I, you said it really well. I know, and I can practice your name, so I can yeah. try and get it right. <laughs> um, is going to be doing Pinterest. Um, because I understand that Pinterest is not social media. It's a search engine. It's a new search engine. So I'm looking forward to learning some more about that. Um, we've got two other speakers. We've got Becky and Kerry who are, uh, Becky is going to be talking to us about um, the power of words. And Kerry is going to be doing breath as well as sound tools as well, I think they are. So those are very different things that can be really useful with our business. And of course we are at more, obviously we're delighted to have everybody there, but we've also got uh, London Borough's Romney Mayor, Councillor Hannah Gray, who is also a businesswoman in her own right. So she'll be sharing not only her expertise as a businesswoman, but also how that has worked and how she's been able to manage that in her role as the London Borough uh, Romney Mayor. And for those of you that are local, because this is a local station, but we've got a global reach. Um, those of you that are local may have met Hannah before and know the amazing work she actually does in the borough, supporting not only businesses, but also different charities. Um, and, and what else, uh, Jen, you know she, yeah, Hannah well, don't she you? She is phenomenal, she's a powerhouse. Mm, absolutely. Um, so yes, businesses, organizations, charities, She's, a, yeah, she's unstoppable. Yeah. So Hannah will be there and Sam also. And guess what? I'm going to be doing a mini workshop about networking and then we're going to do some speed networking. So, and of course we've got brunch and also because we are at the amazing Bromley Football Club's venue suite, which not so long ago was all refurbished, it's lovely, it's accessible, it's also got free parking. So if you've not been there before, I think you could well be pleasantly surprised. It's a, a brilliant venue. You've been there before, yeah, I'm guessing, Jen. Yeah. Mm, it's really good. So we have got a deadline in terms of booking, and that's because of catering numbers. We need to let the venue know the catering numbers because we're having brunch there. So the deadline for booking is midnight tomorrow. So be quick. Have a look at the website. You'll find that on our website, where all the W's, and then the numbers 1230.co.uk and you'll find a big banner on the home page which you can click and take you straight to the booking options there. And, and, as if we haven't got enough, and we've got some amazing prizes for you and they're all listed on the website as well. They will be in a lucky dip scratch card so you can plunge your hand into, I haven't quite decided what yet, but some straw or something like that. <laughs> Fun and worrying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and come up with a card, scratch that off, and find a prize such as. And what's your prize, Jen? It's a one-hour one. marketing consultation with myself. Yes, which is brilliant. Um, and there's a whole load there that you will actually find absolutely invaluable to businesswomen, as well as the odd thing like a drinking bottle. Um, and Tina Brown has given us some um, Tinder Trim with Tina and uh, she's given us some sample packs and there may be some goodie bags and stuff there for people as well so you don't have to pay any extra to go into that lucky dip it's all part and parcel of your entry fee so have a look on the website and book if you haven't already 
So thank you very much. So don't forget, 1230 Women's Company, we're monthly lunchtime networking. People still ask me what time to meet them. <laughs> I think I asked you when I first met you, didn't you? Did it? Well, I think you might, I, mean, I think when, you know, you're busy with, as we all are, with lots of things running around our brains, aren't we? So it's, that, uh, yeah. um, it's po possibly not so obvious. But, um, yeah, 12.30. <laughs> what time's that? I know, I know. And sometimes I just throw in a bit, if we're going to have a workshop beforehand, and that starts at 11. So there you are, so that's a good going there. So, tell us now, Gem, what's, what's on the cards for you this week? Oh, let me see. What is on the cards for me this week? Lots of meetings, mm -hmm. lots of content creation. Uh, so I do a lot of social media content creation for various businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got, I think, four marketing consultations this week with small business owners who need help with various aspects of their business. Um, and yeah, updating things in various bits and bobs like that. So what's the most challenging thing you think? I mean, Lucy said there was all the things about contact, GDPR, the insurance side of things. What sort of challenges do you experience with your clients that, that, that they really struggle with? So I think that sometimes people come to me thinking they, they want and need something, and actually they need, want, they need something completely different. So they may come saying, I need you to post on social media for me every single day or I need to invest in social media ads, which, like I say, I don't touch that, but I get asked that question a lot. And I'll say, okay, well, have you got a website? Have you uh, got a social media strategy in place? And if they haven't got some of the foundational elements of good marketing, then what is the point in spending loads of money on ads um, and you know showing up every single day if you're not actually leading your audience anywhere like through a sales funnel somewhere where it's basically what your website is your online shop window um, so I do I do and, and also if you're just per posting with, with no purpose whatsoever so strategy is a key with everything that I do so I have a lot of people that come to me thinking they want something and actually what they need to do is take a step back and build a strategy with me so they can actually then move forward so it feels like they're taking two steps backwards but they're not they're just pausing and thinking and reviewing and refining before they move forward. And I think you've just highlighted two very important words there, the difference between what they want and actually what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Very different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And very sometimes different. people will come to me and they are full steam ahead with their marketing, but they haven't even really defined their brand identity. So they don't really know what the key messages are. They don't really know who their audience is. They don't really know what their competitive landscape is. So it's all these foundational elements that that need to be covered for you to be successful online. Um, and that's where I step in and try and help them as much as possible. And your stuff is all online, is it? Yes, yeah. Right. It's mainly, it's content marketing and social media marketing. So mm. it's all online. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And you've never been, I was going to say tempted, but that's probably not the right word, but You've never been inclined, shall we say, to do the hard copy stuff. Um, is, is that another branch altogether? As in the copywriting? Um, or the offline marketing? Yeah, the offline marketing. Well, offline marketing it? comes in, is integrated into my marketing consultation. So I'll give you an example. I have a, one client who has just started her own tutor company. 
she's worked in education for years and years and years so has amazing credentials but she has started her own company and she needs to build her brand um, and we talk about not just what she should be saying on social media and how to build her brand but also who she needs to be partnering with offline and one of the things that I think is really key for business growth is community especially if you're a local business so a lot of it is okay well what communities can we tap into to build your brand and that often can be you know I've encouraged her to join her you know look into the small federation of business owners or her local commerce um, chamber of commerce or 1230 club she's up in um, Yorkshire Oh. Do you have a chapter in Yorkshire? We don't, but, um, you know, nothing is impossible. Well, exactly. <laughs> and maybe the online ones she could join. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Second we do. So every I'm, month. Yeah, I'm very holistic with the advice that I give because mm. essentially anything online needs to integrate with everything offline. Nothing happens in a, in a vacuum, nor should it. Mm. So you need to be connecting the dots with all your marketing activities. And I think that's probably one of my unique selling points is that I, I do have that broader big picture perspective on everything that I do. Yeah, yeah, then I, I found that, gosh, I see everybody coming down your door now, Jen, get going on that, because I think joining up the dots, I think, is that your tagline, do you think? It's not at the moment, but it might have to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. So, and how old are your children now, just to sort of deviate slightly? Twelve and nine, and my 12-year-old has just gone to secondary school, oh. and he's got his own phone, and he's on, well, I say on social media, he has got TikTok. So that's been a journey, and in a way I feel like I'm at an advantage, because obviously I know TikTok really well, and I know all the social media platforms really well, but it's still been a massive eye-opener, and... Um, Actually, he's really a child, or it's well, not an eye opener in that sense. An eye opener into so TikTok in particular. This is my experience, and this is only based on you know being a parent of one child on TikTok. TikTok versus not relation to my clients who are adults, and you know they can do what they want in their private life on TikTok. Mm. But the TikTok algorithm is really, really sensitive. So even if you have restricted mode on. Even if you have, yeah. Even if you have, yeah. Even if you have parental controls on, which I do, mm. it still shows really inappropriate content. So mm. when he first got his TikTok account, I said to him, "Look, the TikTok algorithm is really, really um, sensitive. I don't know whether it's you know sophisticated is the right right word. I guess it is. So I said to him, what we have to do is we have to sit down and we have to spend loads of time searching for things that you're interested in. So he's really interested in the animals and the gaming and funny dog videos and all of these things. So we spent loads of time putting search words in because I wanted him to tell the algorithm what to show him. And they will only show him stuff um, that they think he's interested in. So if, when, they, when kids first go onto TikTok, they get shown everything. Right. And, then it's, and then the algorithm adapts according to how you react to the content that you're, you're seeing. So if he dwells on a post that's an inappropriate post, TikTok suddenly thinks, oh, you like that post, I'll show him some more. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a quite a, uh, and I'm not a big fan, I must say, I mean, it's great for top of the funnel marketing and great for business growth, but 
think for kids you have to be so so careful yeah. so I have a lot of conversations with him about TikTok um, I encourage him to share funny videos with me I ask him pretty much on a daily basis if he's seen anything that he's made him feel uncomfortable I've shown him how to report content I've shown him how to block content and I've shown him how to tell TikTok that he's not interested in something and so parents need to have a really a sort of in-depth one-way conversation with their kids when they're on social media but the reality is is most parents don't have time and yeah. they, or they don't understand the social platforms no. so that's been a bit of a journey for me a bit of a learning curve and has made me just I guess experience social media from a completely different angle for me it's always been business 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 and you know now my kids are on it well my oldest is I've had to really think you know put a different hat on well I've just scribbled down here TikTok Gem second Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> no I think I, I think you've hit the nail on the head of, of something that's really really important yeah, um, safety safety and we spoke about safety before for our businesses with insurance and the yeah. contracts GDPR and everything else but this is another ball game and when I said to you I've never done anything with TikTok I haven't I truly haven't it's just been one of those things that as you mentioned earlier time and constraints and everything else I enjoy some of the things that I see Sam does some lovely little reels and things that she does um, but I think and maybe we could I'm saying this on air, but maybe we need a private conversation, that perhaps you could do a little workshop, talk or whatever, um, that, could, that we can Absolutely. focus in on that, yeah, and, and that would have quite a wide audience because it's online. Yeah, um, and I think also I'm really intrigued as, you know, just from a, not just from a parental perspective, but as a business owner, how safe are your assets on mm. social media? Mm. And so I've done quite a lot of research into that, mm. and, um, you know, I'd love to share what I've discovered as yeah, well yeah. Um, but going back to what you said Jackie about you know you haven't haven't had the time to, to get on TikTok so my advice for solo entrepreneurs in particular where you're juggling all the things you're wearing all the hats is it your marketing needs to exist between the intersection of joy because you've got to enjoy it and where your audience is yes and so if your audience isn't there and you no. don't enjoy it then it's a big black mark yeah. you shouldn't you don't have to be on TikTok no no, um, but I should perhaps be more um, knowledgeable, should I say, say in, in those sort of things. No, it's not. I'm going to stop you just there, Jem, if I may, because I'm conscious we're running out of time. Oh, my goodness. You can talk and talk. I know. Um, a reminder to stay tuned at four o'clock. We've got the ads kicking at four, as many of you know, and that's for five minutes. But after that, we've got Ozzy Osmond with Indie Rock. So do stay tuned to him. Next week, I've got a fan another fantastic, can you cope with all these wonderful speakers that I have for you? Um, next week, again, Monday, 2 till 4, I've got Debbie Gilbert, who will be talking to us about her Businesswoman Awards, as well as other things. Um, Tina Brown, that I mentioned earlier, who um, will... I don't know what she's going to be talking about, actually, but we'll find out. But she, she's trim with Tina, so she's about being conscious of your weight and everything. But it doesn't, it's not as boring as I'm making it sound. Trust me on that. Um, we've also got my hairdresser, Alicia. I've been on and on and on at her for ages. I'd love to, to see your hairdresser. Come in. <laughs> she's coming into the studio as well. 
and we touched on the wonderful Annabelle Kay. Annabelle's coming on, um, in and talking to us about, I don't know what, we do manage to find the most obscure things to talk about on Annabelle's there, not necessarily tuned in good. to her business. I know, she's, those of you that know Annabelle or have listened to Annabelle before will know that she's also got a very dry sense of humour. Um, so she shares that with us and so that's all very exciting. So, do check out on the website speakers for next week, which are not all up there at the moment, but they will be. Check up on the calendar to see what else is there. And of course, book now for the 8th of March. Otherwise, you will miss the opportunity. Not only a great lineup of speakers, but also those amazing prizes, which more than cover your cost of entry. And of course, there's free parking there as well. So, Jem, please, before we kick into the music and finish up our show today, remind our listeners where they can find you, please. The easiest place to go is www.socialnovasweets.com. And that's my website, and from there you can connect with me. Brilliant. And everybody sign up for the newsletter, yes. which is called... Tiny Tips Tuesday. Fantastic. I like that. It's really good. So we're going to say cheerio for now. Um, and as I say, stay tuned at four o'clock. We're going to kick into some music which will keep you going for the next few minutes. The adverts will be there so you can go off and make your coffee or whatever you'd actually like to be doing. And thank you so much to my listeners um, today and especially to my guests with Jem and Lucy. Thank you both very much for being very exciting and informative for everyone today. Thank, thank you. you. See you all again soon. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love the Beat Radio.